Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16 of The Wild Heart. This episode is called Live, Lemur, Love. Um, this is one of my most exciting podcasts that I've done yet. Our special guest for today is Amber Whitlock, and we are coming to you from Chase Animal Rescue and Sanctuary in Webster, Florida. Um, this is a very special place. Amber, thank you for hosting us today and for having us here and showing us around this very... Um, it's a moving place. It's, it's a very magical place to be. Absolutely, and thank you so much for your support. We've really enjoyed having you out here today. Um, oh, it was great. <laughs> so great. I mean, you know, I'm Doug and I are both huge animal lovers, and when we run across things like this, it's almost childlike that you want to go see it and be a part of it, and how can, how can you help? And um, until you see it in person and try to have, you really don't understand how much this must take yes. to keep running. Yes, absolutely. We do have a large team um, of volunteers that help us with the care of our 100 plus rescues here. Um, and it is a 24 seven job. We do have um, people that are here from 9 a.m. all the way up until 7 p.m. And then we also have our security guard that's here. So. These animals get constant care. Um, we're constantly changing their habitats so that they're always staying curious and playful. And it's a very, very rewarding um, experience and job. Sure, they have to be stimulated. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, we get bored and, and these animals are, are meant to be out in the wild where things change. So exactly. if, they're, if they're held in captivity, you know, their, their lust for life has to kind of like just dwindle away, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they get a little, they a can get depressed. Bored. Yeah, yeah, they can get bored just like us. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why our founder put so much time and effort into building our huge five-acre open habitat that allows all of our lemur troops to actually go out and explore in these 30-year-old grandfather oaks so that they can yeah. experience something similar to what they would have had had humans not came in and taken them from their home. Okay, so let's let's touch on that a little bit. You're an animal rescue and sanctuary. So the founder here, how did this happen? I mean, how did it, did, is this something she always wanted to do? Um, did she fall in love with an animal and decide that this was her calling? How does so, that work? She has always, always, always been a huge animal lover and animal advocate. Um, we've been here for about 15 years on the property and she started by rescuing cats and dogs. Um, and we actually rescued Quite a few years ago, Tracy, who's our oldest lemur here, she's actually 40 years old. Okay. Um, we rescued her when another facility was closing, and when she came here, Nina absolutely fell in love with her. Mm. And as she became more aware of lemurs and what they were facing, she decided it was really important to her to be able to put a focus on rescuing this species and being a part of trying to ensure that they don't go extinct because as it stands right now, I mean, we're looking at them potentially being extinct in our lifetime. There's fewer than a thousand left in the wild. Yeah, we've been studying up on them. It's pretty sad and um, because, you know, we see them on TV or we see them, you know, like, you know, when you watch the wild animal videos and stuff and they, they look so fun and they look so intelligent and everything. But then when, you know, I had the opportunity today to, to, to interface with them and you can tell that they're, you know, I think people forget that we're closer to the animal kingdom than, than we 
think we are Mm -hmm. you know they have families and they bond and and lemur families are called troops right okay i see you learning i'm learning (laughs) and 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 they're matriarchal Mm -hmm. so the women the woman rules the roost as it should be in my opinion but that's just me um (laughs) and i read that as far as the the ones with the striped tail that they have 13 stripes is that right yes they do okay and they can live to about 30 years but you said you had one that was 40 Mm -hmm. so she's had a very nice little life right absolutely absolutely so a lot of times when they're really well cared for they will live longer in captivity because they get the vet care and absolutely i mean they get the vet care they get the adequate nutrition they get you know everything that they wouldn't necessarily receive in the wild and remember um earlier we were talking about how you know they're facing deforestation and they're also being right. hunted for their meat so i mean that also plays a role in them not living as long in the wild right. as they would in captivity yeah i guess in these um these more underdeveloped countries and they're very poor they kind of yeah. are surviving as best they can without really realizing the impact they're having globally exactly and on their their they're wild animals. Yeah, when you need to feed your family, I mean, you got to feed your family one yeah. way or another. I mean, it is very, I mean, it's very sad, but right. putting yourself in that situation. Right. It's so. easy for us to judge, yeah. I guess, but. But then you remember, uh, you know, yeah. you put yourself in their shoes and then it's easier to kind of understand, like, maybe it is very, it's it maybe difficult over there. I've never been to Madagascar myself. I've done, you know, a tremendous amount of research, but. You know, one it of them, looks like a very prehistoric place. It does. It yes. Does. Yeah. But um, but beautiful animals over yes. there. And it's beautiful. The rainforest over there is yeah. beautiful as well. But I mean, we the deforestation, we've put such a high demand on palm oil that we're. So that's the target thing there is the palm oil for them to deforest. Mm-hmm. Over it's, there. it's agricultural burns. I mean, you've okay. got they're wanting to develop that area. Um, but obviously when you do that, I mean, you displace a lot. I mean, it's the same thing here in Florida. I mean, in Florida, yeah. you know, it's developing more and more. Same thing there. It's developing more and more agricultural burns. They need the palm oil. And so we're taking away more and more of the native animals' habitats. And when that happens, they have nowhere to go. Yeah. Okay, so y'all have 10 acres, and five of it is dedicated to just, like, free range. Absolutely. So they can just kind of, but that has to be controlled as well. Yes. So we were talking about how the groups of them are called troops, mm-hmm. and and they're territorial animals. So one troop doesn't need to be mixing up with another troop. Exactly. So we, you have to regulate when they have run time and play time. And, and there's other things you do here other than lemurs. We saw some beautiful birds. I mean, like beautiful birds. And so tell me about those. What all do you have? So we have various species of macaws. We have cockatoos. We have toucans. um, We have Amazon parrots. We have just a very large variety of different birds. Now, we have, within the last year or so, we've put more of a focus on being able to help responsible pet owners obviously these birds they have tremendous lifespans Um, i I think people forget that yes and they they can live 50 plus years so a lot of the times when that happens they outlive their owner and their owner um there's really no good place for these birds so we have started putting more of a focus of being able to be that sanctuary for those birds who had responsible pet owners that maybe are no longer in a position to be able to care for them. Now they, you know, they have the option of being able to provide their family member because that's what these birds have become. Right. They become family members. You know, they have somewhere where you know we allow them to come and visit. Um, 
and they can come see their bird, know that their bird is well taken care of, and you know their bird, like Casper, for instance. I mean, loves attention, so he's got <laughs> he's hanging out with us in here. <laughs> he's got a tremendous amount of people that love him and give him a tremendous amount of attention now, and. You know, he's getting everything that he needs as far as what his needs are. Right. And, I, you know, I think a lot of times people don't understand when it comes to a rescue, the trauma that the animal's been through before you get them Mm -hmm. and the rehabilitation that's involved to untraumatize the animal. Um, or even if they were a very, very loved animal, they're being they're they're no longer with who they loved. Absolutely. And and it's just like relocating a, an orphan child or mm-hmm. something, you know. So and there goes through an, adjust, an adjustment period. They have to acclimate. So typically, whenever we take in a new rescue, um, especially with a bird, if they have been living in, let's say they have a bird cage they're familiar with, we always have them in that too while okay. we transition them into an aviary. So sure. a lot of the times, like Guac, you met Guac earlier, he was 40 yeah. years old, yeah. you know? When we first got him, he didn't like leaving his birdcage. He had lived his entire 40 years in that birdcage. 40 years. Yes, and he didn't want to, I mean, he didn't want to come out. And it took time, but as you saw, he was out, he was on his perch, he was ruling right. the roost, you know? And yeah. I mean, that's what it takes. It's just, you know, working with these animals at their pace, sure. letting them to decide on their own if they want to you know interact and enjoy the attention or if they want to hang back yeah charlie likes to hang back in the shadows whereas you saw guac was more animated he was more talkative he wanted to interact right so we just i mean we allow the animals to have their own personality and we have no expectations on and that's another thing you know animals have personalities i mean they're they're so individual they have their own little you know ticks and little things that they do and i'm sure you working with them every day you you appreciate that like you can tell when somebody's not in such a good mood today and we're gonna let you have that moment and then tomorrow it may be better so like i said they're more they're more human like than we think and we're still all in the animal kingdom we are animals Mm -hmm. you know so for us to think that these animals don't matter to me then i don't think you're thinking enough of yourself as well because we're closer than we we're we're closer to them when than we are away from them Mm -hmm. in the evolution of everything absolutely which is one of the reasons why i love that we do the tours because you're able to kind of come and put yourselves in their shoes and actually see the animals on their level and sure it it kind of reminds you just how small we are in this huge thing called life and the difference we can make absolutely yeah the difference we can make you know if you choose to make a difference there's something you can do absolutely so you guys do a lot of things um for people to interact with the animals so let's let's talk about some of the things you do there that you know if somebody's like this sounds incredible i want to go play with lemurs absolutely how do they how can they do that and what all do you offer so we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization so we do various fundraising events to raise donations for our various rescues here. We do have over 100 rescues here at our facility. Um, And one of the things that we do to kind of get the public involved is we do whole tours um, by reservation only. All of our fundraising events, whether it's tours, we offer lemur yoga, and we've also just started doing painting with primates where you can actually come sit in our five-acre open habitat. So great. Pardon me. Y'all hear that? Yeah, we're going to wait. (laughs) I don't want to compete. 
<laughs> oh, I think it's awesome background. This is great. <laughs> so tell them what this is. So this is actually the rough lemur call. So they do that as an alert, um, okay. as a way to kind of communicate with one another. And it's also something that they do in Madagascar to let other troops know that that is their territory. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so we were talking about yoga with lemurs and, and painting. painting. Yes. yes, yes. So the painting with primates, you would actually be able to come out, sit in our five-acre open habitat. We have a local artist that comes out. They will walk you through a painting. Um, most of the time, it's going to be lemur-oriented. Okay. Um, and they'll walk you through the painting. It's about two and a half to three hours. And you actually just kind of get to paint among the lemurs. They'll interact with you while they're painting, um, as well as the other various rescues that call the open habitat their permanent home. And everything is a donation. As a okay. 501c3, it is tax-exempt um, and tax-deductible. So. Yeah, Doug was like, Kathy, there's a place around here where you can do le uh, yoga with lemurs. And it, you might as well have just told me that there was a place I could go ride a unicorn. Because I was like, where? You know, where is this place? Because I had a yoga studio, and um, and we've watched the videos of them sunning where it looks like they're oming and meditating. Yes. It's the cutest thing. Finding their own inner zen. Yes, and they I saw them out in the yard doing that while ago, and I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. All right, so you also have, uh, oh, what's the little, the little the little monkeys that you had the, little oh, the marmoset monkeys. marmoset monkeys yes yes so those uh if y'all don't know those are they're the tiniest of the primates is that right so they are oftentimes considered finger monkeys so okay. they're going to be the ones where you always see where somebody's holding a little monkey in their hand and they and look so sweet right yes but know that they're not once they hit sexual maturity um they become temperamental yeah. And they actually have a higher protein diet. So one of the great things about having the wildlife habitats is it gives our marmosets a chance to actually forage. So they find lizards and frogs and things like that, and they will eat them okay. um, with their tiny, vicious little teeth. Yeah, so they, they are vicious little things. I mean, they are. by nature, that's just what they They look are. sweet, but they are definitely a lot of work. Um, yeah, you saw me ooing over them, and you're like, oh. Hold on. No, they're terrible pets. Bad pets. Don't do it. You can't. No, I would never. We have dogs, and that's plenty for us. But I do enjoy coming and seeing this. So we also have tortoises. We yes. have some beautiful big tortoises that are roaming around. Yes, we have Alf, uh, African sulcata tortoises. Okay. So they are land-dwelling tortoises. You can hear Casper. He's Again. adding in his two cents. He I wants know, to tell Casper. you about them, too. You're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we have nine of them on the property, and they range everywhere from um, about 20 pounds to up to 100 pounds. Wow. Yeah, and they live a long time as well. Long, long, long time. <laughs> okay, and what else did we cover? Um, you've got a lot of other things as well. You've got a three-legged deer, and yes. then you have another deer who's very friendly. Yes, Afra. She is just like a dog, as Kathy learned yeah, earlier she today. Is. She, she loves is. attention. She does. And the little guys that were running around with us, what were they? Uh, the Pentagonian Cavies, so Betty okay. and Sarah, they were okay. actually rescued from a breeding facility. Um, and so when they first came here, they would not come near humans at all. They like to stay back and observe. And as you saw today, now they couldn't get enough of, enough of us. They were actually jumping up on me. And so, I mean, that just is kind of a inside look of what actually putting love and care into these animals and giving them the space that they need and right. deserve. Keeping them in small confined areas is just, it's cruel to it a lot of these animals, especially the social animals like our primates. Yeah, and we the, with Afra, you were telling me that um, a local woman, I think, 
found her and and domesticated her and didn't realize that it was illegal to have wildlife and she had to it was either going to be euthanized or or you guys took her Mm -hmm. so i think it's important that people realize that are animal lovers like myself that think they're doing a really good thing when they find an you know an animal a baby animal or an animal and they're like oh i'm going to make it my pet and i'm going to feed it every day and and you're really not helping the animal right right you set out with the best intentions but like in afra's case um you saw just how imprinted on humans she is now so that makes her non-releasable um and so that's just one of the things to keep in mind you know if you find an animal who is in need reach out to a local rehabber um you know you you like i said you set out with the best intentions to help this animal and right. then you end up causing them issues down the road but sure. if you if you put them with a rehabber who is trained with handling these kind of situations you give them a chance to be released again into the wild because ultimately that's what's best for them um but in the case that that doesn't happen it is really great um to have somewhere where they can go sure that way they do have a second and never just release them back out into the wild after you've domesticated an animal i mean it's a death sentence yeah just admit that you screwed up and and you 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 want to protect the animal and you call somebody who can absolutely all right Mm -hmm. so that's important because you know i know i i see my some of my girlfriends on Facebook and they're like oh I'm gonna catch this raccoon and I'm gonna keep it and I'm like no absolutely not so lemurs is, is it illegal to own a lemur I would think it is they're you do need right? to have a permit um, now we are very very against of the course. pet trade and having them um, as you saw earlier today we do have a rehabilitation center with a lot of bottle-fed babies who were stolen from their mothers at two it's weeks old. It's a terrible old. And story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're stolen from their parents at two weeks old. They're then given a bottle so that they can become dependent on humans. And once they hit sexual maturity, they become aggressive. And and yeah. I wanted to bring that up because you mentioned to me, like, if we brought one home and say it was a female and we think this sweet little thing's great and, and it reaches sexual maturity and it latches onto my husband, suddenly I might become its enemy. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and visitors forget about it. Yeah. You're not going to have visitors because if you, you then put them at risk. Right. Um, because like you mentioned earlier, you know, they're territorial by nature. So they think they're protecting you. They right. think that they're doing what, what they they're need. supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, you saw the difference between the ringtails that were actually raised together within a tree. Yeah, they were the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's completely different behavior. But that trauma from being stolen at a young age, it really does damage on these, you know, primates. And so, yeah. It's really important that, you know, we really stress that they don't make good pets. And, right. you, you know, they're they're great. Everybody thinks, oh, my gosh, King Julian. But understand that they live 25 to 30 years and they keep an energy of a two-year-old that entire time. So if you would like to have guests at your house or go on vacations or any of those things, getting a primate is not for you. No, um, no primate for that matter. Exactly. None. Absolutely. Exactly. None. Yeah. And, you know, it's a commitment to have a dog, but that's nothing. Oh, no. Nothing compared to, you know, I get angry with people who get a dog and give it away, Mm -hmm. you know, or go dump it. To me, I just, I can't, it's it's very hard for me to forgive that. Mm -hmm. So It's very sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, so go to a place like this, look at the animals and appreciate the work that goes into the care and the rehabilitation and the love that's involved in this because there's nothing, as, as wonderful as this is and as fulfilling as I can imagine it is, it's not glamorous. I mean, this oh, no. is, and we talked about that. I want to touch on that briefly before we close, but you 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 like to have volunteers absolutely um we are always looking for dedicated volunteers um, but one thing that we do ask everybody to keep in mind if you're interested in volunteering with us is it's not a glamorous job yeah I granted wanted, yeah you know you're going to be able to take care of these endangered species and your job really does make a difference but one of the things that you have to keep in mind is it's more than just feeding them and giving them fresh water. You have to clean. Right. You have to walk the entire property. You have to make sure that there is nothing that they can be harmed on. I mean, even whether it's raining or whether it's sunshine, whether it's cold, whether it's scorching hot, these are things that have to be done every single day. Yeah. So one thing to just keep in mind is if you become a volunteer with us, we would absolutely love to have you. But just keep in mind that this is a family. And as a family, we all work together to make sure that our family members, our rescues are well taken care of. And it, right. it's a huge team effort. It really, really is. When you have over 100 rescues, I mean, their enclosures have to be cleaned daily. Sure. Their water is replenished daily and cleaned and scrubbed out and you know it a lot a lot of back baking back back breaking lord <laughs> back breaking yes thank yes. you i got tongue tied there but yes so it's it's definitely something to keep in mind but if you are interested in volunteering with us if you get on our website at chasesanctuary.org we do have a volunteer application it makes it very very easy to go ahead send in your application our volunteer coordinator will actually contact you and then get you set up with training so that you can be trained the first 50 hours um, you're going to just learn everything you're going to learn everything that it's going to take to take care of these um, animals and then there's a safety quiz if you pass that quiz then you'll be added as a new volunteer and you'll be able to have one of the coolest gigs you've ever had I, 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 <laughs> I, yeah i mean i could come here and hang out with you guys every day and get to know these animals and everything but i i can see you know just from one trip here what all is involved in taking care of these guys and i really admire everybody here that's doing the work to take care of these animals and um i i you know it just it really takes your breath away when you see the love that they have for each other and then and and then the fact that you guys are, are putting your love into the care of them and the taking care of them and providing for them right down to I saw a lemur drinking tea today <laughs> not out of a teacup mind you but um, I mean those those types of things that you learn so much about the animal mm -hmm. and 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 what they need to stay healthy and strong and and I just think it's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. So I am going to come do a yoga class with you guys because that has to be done. It has yes. to be checked off the bucket list. And it needs to be checked off everybody's it bucket does. list. It's unlike anything that you've ever imagined. Um, we were actually the first place in the United States to ever do anything like it. The only other place that was doing something similar at the time was in the UK. Really? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've seen like videos of your, of your YouTube videos of them doing yoga out there and they like walk right up on your mat and they, mm -hmm. they talk, you know, they sit with you and let you pet them. And y'all, they're so friendly. I mean, they're really, you, you don't fear them. You're just mm -hmm. like, okay, these guys are good. And you guys do a great job with them. Um, well, and it's important to mention that 
they're that way because they grew up in the troop. I mean, they grew up with other ringtail lemurs of their own kind. They're socialized. Exactly. Yeah, they were socialized. socialized with their own kind because you can socialize a primate with humans all you want, but that's still not going to give them the same stimulation it would by being surrounded by a family. It's security. Exactly. It's security. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I could imagine if, if as a human, we're jerked out of our human environment and thrown into something else, you know, mm -hmm. I just think every now and then we really need to stop and look at it from their point of view. Absolutely. You know, no matter what that is, if it's a puppy mill, um, you know, or the breeder trade. a breeder trade, anything like that, just stop for a minute and, and take away how cute it is. And is it the best thing for that species and for that animal? Exactly. And if it's not, then you just say no. You know, mm -hmm. you just say no because you making that choice could make a big, yes. big difference. Absolutely. If we put less of a demand on wanting to have these animals as pets, we are doing a favor and we are making these breeders not a fortune by purchasing these animals that we really have no business having. No, um, we don't. And it's a ripple effect, you know, like if, if you don't do it, then maybe the next person, you know, it's an education absolutely. and we just have to know. So if people just want to donate to you, they can do that as well, right? Yes, absolutely. So if you're not in the Webster, Florida area or not in the Florida area and you want to find a way to contribute, um, we do have various ways. We have Amazon Amazon Smile. So if you are an avid online shopper, if you shop on Amazon Smile and you choose us as your nonprofit, okay. a portion of those a portion of the proceeds will actually be donated to the nonprofit of your choice. Okay. Um, so when you select us as your nonprofit, you are directly giving back to the animals when you're doing your daily shopping. You can That's be ordering toilet paper and paper towels for your family, and you're actually feeding an endangered species at the same time. We also have an Amazon wish list. If you'd like to donate specifically, like let's say you know you love the birds and you want to be able to contribute to the birds themselves, you can get on our wish list, and we have various items on there for the birds, and you can send something specifically to one of the birds. Um, there's one-time donations as well. If you get on our website at chasesanctuary.org, you can also do one-time donations or animal sponsorships. If you have an animal that's stolen your heart and you want to sponsor them each month and get a picture and an update every month, then that's yeah. something that you can do as well. And I mean, that directly impacts the animal of your choice. And it's a great way to actually see a little bit more behind the scenes because with those pictures that we're sending you, those are an exclusive picture that we're taking solely for you right. of the animal that you love and you're helping care for. So that's another really great way if you aren't in Florida and you want to be able to contribute to one of the rescues here at our facility, you're able to do that. Great. All right, so I know you're busy and you've taken a lot of time with us today, so we're gonna go ahead and close, but thank you so much. Thank you to the founders of this beautiful place. I'm so glad it's here. Um, and thank y'all for your time and everything that you do. And I will, um, you know, in the podcast, we've got all this information for donations, but we'll get some hashtags and stuff on I there. Love it. And do everything we can. And you can find this podcast on just about all the podcast forums. All right. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming out today. We really appreciated having you. Thank you. I loved them. I loved them all. Oh, I love it. All right. Thank you so much. We're out. <laughs>